You want to build excitement around things. And it, uh, the best way to do that is to plant the seed through a conversation and then let it organically build up into something that will bear good fruit. And by good fruit, I mean orgasms. Welcome to the Big Kid Problems podcast, based on the comedic social channel all about not wanting to be an adult. I'm your host, Sarah Merrill, the writer, creator, and pretty normal human behind the popular Instagram, Twitter, blog, and now podcast, Big Kid Problems. So I've spent the last almost decade making jokes about navigating the adult world. And as I've gotten older, I've realized that no matter what your age is, we all have big kid problems. We're all just trying to figure it out. And you know what? That's okay. So each week, we're going to take a funny yet informative look at a specific struggle or big kid problem, if you will. Then we'll break it down with a rotating cast of comedians, personalities, and experts to actually give us the tools and resources to help us solve our big kid problem of the week. From love and relationships, money, career, physical and mental health, bad decisions, and just general life responsibilities, nothing is off limits. So thank you so much for joining me as we navigate adulthood together. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hi, friends. Welcome to another week and another episode of the Big Kid Problems podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Merrill, coming to you live from my quarantine bunker. We've all been in quarantine for over a month now, and in a lot of ways, I'd say it feels much, much longer than that. Like, I'm honestly having trouble keeping track of days. They all just kind of blend together at this point. But hopefully this episode is going to wake you up out of your quarantine fog and get the juices flowing, because this week, we're talking about sex, baby. That's right. We're talking about love and sex and quarantine. All of us are in different situations right now. Maybe you're quarantined with a new or long-term partner. Maybe you're single or quarantined separately from the person you're dating. Maybe you have little kids keeping you from getting busy. There are so many ways your quarantine could be going right now, and no two of us are going through it the same way. And that's what gets really interesting when you're coupled up is we all need different things from our partners right now. And this time can really put our relationships to the test. So that's why I'm excited to bring on our guest this week, friend of the show, sexologist Michelle Hope. If you're an OG listener of this podcast, you've actually heard Michelle on the show before. She was on our fifth ever episode talking about attachment styles and defining their relationship. And I still get messages about that episode. It's a really good one. Um, I'm going to link it in the show notes. So if you haven't listened yet, I mean, I know you've all got time on your hands. So (laughs) get to it. But Michelle is going to talk to us about what's normal, why so many of us are not in the mood right now, how to get on the same page with your partner, and some ways to get, I'll just say, uh, creative in quarantine. So it's going to get a little naughty and a little spicy this week. Um, Mom, dad, grandma, just do me a favor and like skip this one, you know, just press next. But for the rest of you, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. 
This episode is brought to you by our friends at Strong Coffee Company. If you've listened to this podcast for a while, you've heard me talk about Strong Coffee before. It's like a healthy coffee on steroids. And I've been a huge drinker of it for over two years now. And it has especially been helping to keep me sane in quarantine. If you don't know what a strong coffee is, it's basically like, it looks like a coffee powder. It looks similar to a protein powder that you mix with hot or cold water. So it's like really easy to make, but it tastes amazing. Like it's frothy and delicious and makes me feel like I'm drinking a fancy coffee shop coffee. You know, like, do you remember what those are? (laughs) I barely do. Um, But I get my coffee shop quality coffee by drinking it in the morning. And then the great thing about strong coffee is it has all these extra little benefits to it. Like it has MCT oil to support brain function and focus. It also has L-theanine in it that helps your brain and body relax. So it's kind of like a little brain hack. Like you're getting a nice little morning boost from that MCT oil, but then that L-theanine keeps you from getting that like jittery, cracked out feeling you get from drinking too much coffee. Then it even has hyaluronic acid and collagen protein mixed into it to support healthy hair, skin, and nails. All of this while you're just sipping your morning cup of coffee. It is a huge life hack and I am obsessed. So I have to say, strong coffee has definitely been helping me get out of bed, especially during this weird quarantine time. And I highly, highly recommend it. Right now, I have a 30% off discount code for our listeners who want to give it a try. Yes, that's 30% off. That's probably the biggest discount we've had. Um, And this is a one-time code. So if you want my honest advice, I'd say take advantage and buy a couple bags. Um, But that's just me. So if you're interested, just go to strongcoffeecompany.com and use code BIGKID at checkout. Uh, And again, that is strongcoffeecompany.com and use code BIGKID for that 30% off to give it a try. All right, guys, welcome back to the Big Kid Problem Podcast. I'm joined now by friend of the show, sexologist, Michelle Hope. Welcome back, girlfriend. Thank you for having me, honey. Oh my gosh. And how, how are you in your little quarantine bunker? I wish we were together. I know we had a lot of fun last time. You know, I'm doing everything in my power to stay at home and stay safe because I'm in New York. Yes. Oh my God. I can only imagine how crazy it is over there right now. It's definitely strange times. Strange times. You're kind of like the epicenter of of everything that's going on here. Um, so I think that you'd be a great person to talk to. You you you've probably been experiencing this uh, on on your own here. Are you are you quarantined with a partner or are you doing it on your own? Interestingly enough, my partner has been um, on a on a work assignment in Hong Kong for the past year. Oh my gosh. That's got to be hard. It, it, I mean, it's challenging, but there are other ways you can keep connection going and stay supportive of each other and keep the romance alive. So I've had a lot of, I've had a lot of practice at this. Oh, perfect. Because I was actually going to get into that. And that's kind of the theme of this episode is I wanted to take... Because there's so many... Everybody has their own different situation going on in quarantine right now. 
I actually put a poll up on Instagram and asked people like, what if I, you know, I told them I was having a conversation with a sexologist. Everyone got very excited. Um, And there was, I just couldn't believe the amount of different situations people were facing. You know, a lot of people are coupled up with somebody they've been with for a really long time. Um, Other people are in newer relationships and this quarantine is really speeding it up. And a lot of people are similar to you, you know, apart from their partner um, during this traumatic time. So I really wanted to, I'm excited to kind of get into it today and, and talk about all these different scenarios and maybe get a little, a little help for our people out there. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Um, so one of the main things, and this is kind of where I want this episode came from, this idea, is I started seeing all these things on Instagram of people talking about like how much they're having sex in quarantine. And and like for me, I was like kind of coming from the opposite side. I'm like, I am experiencing so much trauma right now. Like I am, I feel like it can go both ways. Is there a normal, is there like, is there any right way to be going through this quarantine with like in a sexual sense? I mean, I absolutely not. This is something we've never experienced for. We are in unnormal times and we are all facing this in different ways because it's impacting so many different areas of our lives that it can really foster fear and anxiety um, from your work situation to adjusting to just not being able to go places and having the social engagement we've had historically, right? So we're all learning how to adjust to this new world. I think the first thing is kind of just grounding yourself in knowing that it's totally normal to feel unnormal right now. Yeah. And that's just like that first step is just knowing like, okay, this is totally different. Nobody's experienced this. So there's no right or wrong way to process it. Right. And you shouldn't feel bad if you're like one way or the other, or if your partner's one way or the other. Because that was another like big question I got from a lot of people is one person might be experiencing this completely different than the person that lives with them. Absolutely. You know, this is traumatic, right? Let's just call it what it is. It is a traumatic event that is impacting not just our nation, but the world. So different people process trauma in very different ways. Some people like to eat ding-dongs and Twinkies. Uh, Other people, and I've talked to some of my friends, have been shopping crazy on websites, uh, Amazon, Fashion Nova. Other people find themselves sleeping a lot more. So again, everybody is processing trauma very differently. And This is something we're going to just kind of have to go through together. I think if your partner and you are processing trauma differently, a a good fundamental thing you can do is talk about it. Like set up some time where you can talk about it. Now, I'm not saying every day because that can get daunting, but like once a week, have like COVID confession sessions. (laughs) You can just talk about how this is making you feel. Yeah. and, w- and what's coming up for you, right? I think that communication is key when we think about how this is going to land on all of us. It's so true. And, and it especially it lands so differently, like in the romance department, because this is like, this is, a, this has been an upheaval for so many of us, you know? So when I thought about the way that I was going to interview you for this, because I got so many questions on this topic, like I feel like the best way to do it is just to kind of like, break it into chunks. Yep. I'm going to ask you, I'm just going to like grill you if you're, if you're cool with that. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm excited. 
Amazing. All right. So I'm going to kind of chunk our couples into different like experiences right now. And at first I'm going to, I'm going to be selfish. I'm going to kind of use myself as a guinea pig, but also I saw a lot of these questions come in where couples, you know, maybe you were having a lot of sex in the beginning. Like I feel like a lot of us, you know, there was a little bit of like, you know, a little bit of excitement almost before things got so fucking scary and real, you know, when, when some of these stay at home orders came in and not everybody knew what was going on. I feel like a lot of people were used the quarantine to like have a lot of sex. And then like over time, over the days, over the time where information was coming in that got a lot of, a little bit more scary. At least for me, I felt my libido fall off a cliff, you know? Yeah. So for anybody who, I think like the stress, like talk to us about how stress can affect your libido and maybe some ways to work around that. Yeah. So one of the things that stress does is we have to remember hormones are really important to our sex drive, our libidos, our ability as women to even lubricate or become wet. And so when we have stress, it can lower our libidos because where our bodies are in a fight or flight mode. Uh, So there's not enough basic, I mean, the simplest way is like basic mental resources for us to process stress while also uh, processing, I want to be turned on or, or feeling pressured to be turned on. While it is true that orgasms can relieve stress, getting yourself in this space that you can experience orgasms can be a challenge. So that just acknowledging that is, is really good. Two, creating opportunities for relaxation. So maybe it's a bubble bath. Maybe it's you do some yoga. Maybe it's some breath work and really grounding yourself and, and, and doing some breath work um, to kind of focus. Another way to alleviate stress in this particular time is to journal. I think mm-hmm. journaling is so important because you're able to get out these feelings, put them on paper, and then it kind of is a way to compartmentalize. And I think the other thing is just really accepting the situation for what it is and reminding yourself that you're safe, you're in a, in a good space, you're um, not in a position where there's actual danger facing you right this moment and be really connected to living in the moment, right? So as we're doing this podcast, I'm really focused and I'm intentional about being in this conversation with you. And it's the same thing for when you're trying to become intimate with your partner. You can't think about how the light bill is going to be paid. You can't think about where am I going to... Did I get my work assignment done? Am I going to go outside and get groceries and there's going to be COVID on my groceries? No. When you are focusing on intimacy, you want to focus on your partner. What makes you feel good? Think about lighting candles. What kind of smells turn you on? It it really is a process of setting up the right mood. Mm. That's kind of an interesting um, thing to think about too, because I feel like for a lot of us too, it can't just be like a flip switched on, you know? Like it, it might take a little bit more time, especially like, when you think about the level of stress that we're all under. Yeah. It, and the thing is, is that, you know, this goes for people who like may have had sex all the time when it first started and then it kind of falls off. You really want to implement sexy time. And some people will be like, I've said this to people in the past, but it's the same thing. If we were all working and we had busy lives, we would need to really be intentional, 
intentional about connecting with our partners. So in this capacity, you really want to be like Friday nights, date night, and you create these moments where you're focused on just your partner and you're focusing on this romantic time. Even if you've been in the house with that partner for the last week, Friday at 8 p.m., you want to put your makeup on, you want to do your hair, you want to put on an outfit, to sit on your living room couch. I don't care if your outfit is your lingerie, your t-shirt and your panties, shave your legs, put makeup <laughs> on, do your hair. Oh, uh, okay. That that goes to another point that so many people message me about is they're like, I just don't feel sexy right now. Like I've been showering like once every three days, like my sweatpants, like have stains on them. My hair, my roots are grown out. Like a lot of us just don't feel like our best selves, you know? And that makes a lot of sense, but I really want to try to encourage you to focus on creating that moment, focus on building that normalcy back. So that's why I'm saying you got to shower. Like if, if Friday night is date night, I don't care if you didn't shower Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, right? When that date night is there, whatever day you choose, you need to shower, shave your legs, do your hair, because that can actually help your brain get more into that routine of normalcy working out on actual dates where other people would be. You know, play in your makeup, try a new color that you might have that you've never worn. Grab that lipstick that you've been too afraid to wear out in public, but you just had to buy it, right? And just try that stuff out. This is the safest time to do that. Yeah, that's that's funny because I I feel like and I hear that and I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. But when it comes down to it, like I, I know at least for me, like I've just been having so much trouble feeling motivated to like do my hair and makeup, you know? Yeah. And, but that makes a lot of sense because you're like, I don't really need to do this. I mean, I'm just going to be in the house, but you have to change your thinking around that. It's really shifting your mental model around that idea to, to say, you know what? It is, I am going to meet somebody that I love. Granted, we live together. Granted, we've been in this quarantine. And also, you should encourage your partner to take their sweats off and shower and shave. <laughs> and, you know, it takes work on both sides, especially now in uncharted waters. You have to work as a team uh, to kind of get that, get that back going, right? And it's not going to be easy, but you have to challenge yourself because you will feel better about yourself. And then maybe throughout the week, I would recommend sending some sexy text messages. I know you're in the other room or you're in, if you're in a studio, you're in the same room, but still <laughs> sending a little note saying, I can't wait for our date night this Friday. You want to try to do the things you would have done prior to this calamity of sorts and really focus on trying to remain in the same kind of patterns and rhythms. Also, maybe before your date, go outside and get some exercise. Walk around the block. Um, get those endorphins going through exercise, through physical movement, so then you can feel a little bit more refreshed. Yeah, and like getting out of your own head because it can be easier said than done. Totally, but I want to challenge people to do this because it will help you feel better. It will help you feel more motivated, right? It, it just takes a little bit for you to just start the process and then make it a habit. And once you start building in these habits, 
you've built them in. And yeah. then it, it becomes natural. It goes from a habit to more of a, a natural thing that you're just doing because it's just what your body knows. It's like muscle memory. You know, they say, if you ride a bike, it, you always remember. They have that expression. It's like riding a bike. You just have to get back on your bike of living, hmm. even with being indoors, because we have, to, we have to be real about it. This is not something that's going to go away quickly. And this is not something that they're going to flip a switch and everybody's going to go back to going to bars and clubs and restaurants. It's going to be an, a slow, gradual ease into these things. So this is a new way of living for us. And we just have to really try and do our best to focus on that. Maybe if you bought something online, which I know I have, put that on. Prance, yeah. around, prance around the house in it. Put your heels on. Do a little dance. Even if, you know, like to get your sexy back, I tend to tell people, turn yourself into a stripper in the living room. <laughs> Even if your partner's not there, just start doing things that can make you feel sexy. Yeah. I feel like music, you just said stripper and I'm like, don't underestimate the power of like some good music. You know, for me, that's been helpful. Like blasting something, it just like helps you get out of your brain and feel like, oh, I'm not in my living room. Like I'm in the club. <laughs> exactly. Uh, wait, that is, that's another point too. I wanted to just bring up that you mentioned about the dudes getting out of your sweatpants too, because for some reason, I didn't even think of that. Like, I feel like girls, like we're so focused on our appearance that, you know, we can feel like it made sense to me that we would feel unsexy, but I feel like guys probably feel the same way. Absolutely. You have to understand that whatever the feelings that you're having, you're not alone. And there's a high likelihood that men are also feeling this. And our society hasn't taught them how to process these feelings the same way we've taught women. So they might not be able to articulate it or say it, but they're feeling the same way. Yeah, that's a good thing to distinguish. I think after a couple of weeks of like not being sexually active, it's it can feel easy to like you. You almost kind of that part of you kind of falls off. You know what I mean? Like I'm like not even thinking about sex anymore, and it's almost like you've heard that saying like if you don't use it, you lose it. Is there any truth to that? Like, do, should well, you? Basically, I'm asking, like, should you kind of force yourself to get into it? Because, like you mentioned, mu muscle memory and all of that stuff. If you're not, if you're not going for it, it's easy to kind of taper off. Absolutely. You know, we talk about this with women who are uh, postmenopausal, and the idea that oh, they just don't feel sexy anymore, or they're not feeling into having sex, you actually have to put forth an effort because again, the brain is the most important part of sex. So you start to think about sex. You start to think about being with your partner. You start to think about that wild night you had whenever that was. And you have to just start the process, just go with it. Right. Um, and then what will happen is your body and your brain will start to respond naturally and you'll become more turned on. Yeah. I like how the the um, example is postmenopausal. <laughs> I'm like 30, 31, and I'm like in the same boat. But I, I, it's just it's just weird times. This is like this is crazy, and a lot of us probably haven't experienced this level of of stress. So I, I keep I keep bringing that up because I just don't want anybody to feel like I feel a little bit of shame around it. To be honest, that I have like no sex drive and I'm like young and have well, no kids and really no excuse. Well, you know what? That's Okay, too, because 
oftentimes we don't talk about how stress and how our emotions can impact our sex drive, right? So just kind of breathing and remembering. And also masturbation is so powerful. Like you continuing to masturbate and setting up times for yourself to make yourself feel sexy is important. But again, it's a practice, right? So taking that bubble bath, shaving your legs, playing a, putting a candle on and just kind of allowing yourself to fall into that like sexiness and whatever makes you feel sexy. Different people have different things that make them feel sexy. So really trying to add that into your routines on a regular basis is important. Yeah. And I've heard that too, like, but you can, you can practice a little bit of that self, uh, stimulation before doing your date night or whatever it is, just to kind of get your, your brain and body moving together. Kind of. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and, and again, people are like, this is silly. I don't want to do this. Um, but this is what's going to help make your relationship and make your bond with your partner grow so much stronger. And then also be kind to yourself. And if you're not feeling it, just say, I'm, I'm not feeling it, partner, and I'm really struggling right now. And maybe it's just holding each other. Another recommendation is, you know, select celibacy. That's where you're choosing to be celibate and saying, I don't think I want to be sexually active for a week, or let's see how long we can go without being sexually active. And then your, your whole ideas around sex will change and you'll become more turned on by each other. It's a really interesting way the body and the brain will work because if it's, if you can't have it, it becomes so much more exciting. Interesting. While we're kind of on this topic of people who might not be feeling, you know, might have be experiencing lower libido. Another thing is like, there's, there's one thing to be able to like pull the trigger and have sex. Like you might be able to get yourself to be like, you know what, I'm going to do this for my partner. I'm going to, I'm going to have sex, whatever. And then it's quite another to actually be able to climax. Like I actually got quite a few of these comments on that Instagram poll. One of the questions was, why can I all of a sudden not climax? Well, I think that it's because you're thinking about so many other things. That's what we talked about a little bit earlier was really being in the moment and being in um, that, that, that like not thinking about what's happening in the outside world, really trying to connect with what's happening right in that moment. Again, I'm going to go back to masturbation and really identifying what works for you when you're with yourself and then trying to add those elements into the activities you're doing with your partner. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm a big proponent of people bringing toys into the bedroom because it's a way to spice things up. It's a way to explore. Maybe if you have a vibrator, um, have your partner use your vibrator on you before you have any type of penetration. That's interesting. That was actually a question I was going to get into in a little bit later, but you know what? We're here. <laughs> Let's just go into that. Like, how, what is your suggestion for somebody who wants to potentially introduce a toy into, into, the, into the bedroom? Well, I think the first thing is it, it's really about clear converse, clear communication. Like, and you can always use the example of pornography, like I I saw this in a porn the other day. Can we watch it together? I think porn is a great way 
although it has some downsides. Um, but I think porn is a great way to introduce new ideas, new concepts, new activities into the bedroom with a partner. Like, oh, what do you think about that? Does that turn you on? Would you like to try that? That can be an, a really powerful way to start conversations around different types of sex play that you're interested in. You don't want to just like spring up some like anal beads and be like, surprise. <laughs> I mean, that could be, that could definitely be a bit off putting. Yeah. But so it is a kind of an interesting time to experiment, you know, like you're locked away with your person. I mean, Amazon is still delivering. This could be yeah. an interesting time to like start to experiment. And um, aside from porn, because maybe some couples don't watch porn together. Or, you know, like, are there other ways to kind of um, work, work and work that into your relationship? You could also you do that in the vein of talking about, oh, I read this article online, any, any type of media you're exposed to. Oh, I was listening to this podcast. What are your thoughts if we tried a vibrator? Or if you have a wooden spoon, maybe you want to try to a spanking situation. I'm not here to tell people what's right or wrong, but Again, just use any opportunity you can to just bring up a conversation with your partner so it doesn't seem so like, this is what I want or I'm going to bring this in tonight. Start with a conversation and then ease your way into it. Yeah. I mean, like, I just kind of, I, I'm one of those couples. I mean, we've, like, we've been together for years and years, and, and I'm, I'm thinking of other people who might be in like these long term relationships. So, that are so used to and comfortable in their routine and kind of coming out of left field with like, you know, some, some role play or one of these things like might feel a little awkward. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. But this is the best time to do that because you've got a lot of time and you have an opportunity to just be more exploratory. And again, you can put this into a routine, right? So like maybe Friday nights are date nights and then Monday nights or Tuesday nights, you can be try anything Tuesday. And that's an opportunity where you and your partner can talk about things you might want to try sexually together over dinner. Here's the kicker. Maybe you don't try them after dinner. Maybe you discuss what you want to try on Tuesdays and then you implement that on a Friday. So you give your brain a couple days to think about and fantasize about what that might look like. Or, and you get more excited like, oh my gosh, we're going to try this. We're going to try anal. I haven't done that before. <laughs> like, I know it's, it, it's just this idea of you want to build excitement around things. And it, uh, the best way to do that is to plant the seed through a conversation and then let it organically build up into something that will bear good fruit. And by good fruit, I mean orgasms. Yes. All, all about that good fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we've been talking about having like a low sex drive in this situation, but what about the flip side? So like if you maybe have a sex drive, but your partner doesn't. And like one of the questions, hold on, I'm reading one of the questions we got what do you, somebody, one of our, one of our listeners asked, what if you are the instigator all the time? How do you communicate to your partner that you want to feel desired? Well, you know, one thing I would say to that is stop being the instigator. Just stop. And don't, don't, you don't necessarily have to say anything, but it is an opportunity 
to see if they will come on to you. Interestingly enough, this is something that I personally have experienced in relationships because I'm really, really affectionate and I do enjoy sex. So I tend to be the initiator of sex. And I once had a partner tell me, if you are always initiating, you don't allow me the opportunity to initiate. Mm. I had never thought about it like that, right? I had never thought about the chase. We're already in relationships. You don't need to chase me. But when it comes to sex, letting somebody come after you, that sounds very crazy, but letting somebody come to you can be excitement in itself, right? So maybe give it a couple days and see what happens. Maybe they'll bring it up. If it goes over a week and nothing has happened, then you might want to say something like, hey, I noticed we haven't had sex in a while. I felt as though I was initiating a little bit too much and I wanted to allow you the opportunity to initiate. Is that something you think you could do? And you notice I said a lot of eyes because you Mm -hmm. want things like this to be eye messages. I feel... I am experiencing, I have felt, um, I understand this to be. So when you say I messages, it doesn't sound so accusatory. Yeah. I think that's a good, that's a good point to make. And I feel like it could be, it could be hard for some people to, especially like as the female, if you're a female instigating and not really getting anything in return, you know, I think it's easy to feel sexually rejected. Which is like a a very uncomfortable. I feel like guys are more used to that sexual rejection than you know females are. Absolutely. And additionally, it's like when we do when we do that, and we're always you know being the aggressor in that space of like suggesting sex. We're not being really respectful to our partners because men have been taught by society that if a woman is trying to give you sex that you should just take it. But similarly to this idea that no means no, men have not been taught that. So they might just go along with it even when they don't want to. And if you are always putting forth like, let's have sex now, let's have sex now, you're not being respectful because you're making the assumption that, well, it's a man, he, al- he can always get hard. And we really don't wanna do that. We wanna, it should be a, a reciprocity. So. They're giving, you're receiving, you're receiving, they're giving like this circular thing. So it's give and take. So just talk with your partner about, you know, hey, I feel like I'm often the one to hit on, to come on to you. Is is there a way you could try to come on to me? And then don't have this expectation that men are gonna, or your partner is gonna want sex all the time. Maybe cuddling is something you can do. Maybe just intimately holding. And I think there is a value in saying, you know what, I want to cuddle or I want to make out, but I don't want to have sex tonight. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, be getting really kind of hot and heavy and then kind of pulling back a little bit and then letting them figure out, oh, wait, maybe I need to do a little more here. But it, oh, really, I like that. Yeah, like maybe you start it and you you tease a little bit and then let them come on to you. Mm, like leading them, leading them down yep. the path. That's a that's a that's actually I think really strong advice. And to your point too, like you mentioned kind of, you know, 
all of us are experiencing this in a different way and respecting if your partner doesn't want to have sex. Like I I have this one, um, this one comment from a listener. She said, I work at a hospital and feel gross all the time. I have zero sex drive from the sad stuff and emotions. And like, I think it goes on, but she's kind of saying like her, her partner, like she feels guilty at the end of the day coming home and not wanting to be sexual with her partner. But obviously I think communicating and, 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 and being the opposite person in this relationship, like understanding that your partner might be experiencing this in a way different way than you are is probably a, a, a big thing to know. Yeah. But I, I also think that with, if somebody is working in a hospital or they're on the front lines or they're a essential worker, you have to be kind to yourself and you have to recognize that you are doing the work of superheroes, yeah, right? Literally. Like you are a shero, you are a hero, you are saving lives by whatever essential work you're doing. Because whether it's a grocery store checkout clerk, a bus driver, a, a, a surgeon, an emergency room doctor, a nurse, you are doing the job to save the country. And because of that, you must, must, must have a practice of self-care. You must have some time to yourself to decompress. I would also urge you find a way to do some type of therapy. In situations of quarantine like this, if you're with your partner, whether you're in the house together or you're long distancing it up, for lack of a better term, your partner's not your therapist. So Mm -hmm. I'll, and and when you start to just dump on your partner, you're going to end up creating a wedge in the relationship because it's hard, especially if you're somebody who's on the front lines, you and your partner don't live together and they cannot come to be with you because they feel powerless. And if you're in a healthy relationship and that person really cares about you, they're going to want to do whatever they can to make it better. And in situations like this, they are really limited in the resources they can provide for you in this situation. So please find out if you can get a teletherapist, if you like a talk space, which is an app that you can use, something of that nature. So you can dump all that shit somewhere else and start focusing on that sexy time, those, those uh, iPhone date nights or that Friday night sexy time with your partner and you leave the work at the door. I know that's difficult to think about right now, but it is the truth and it is the best advice I could ever give somebody is don't dump all your problems on your partner. Yes, they are there to support you, but they're not there to carry all the load. That's so true. And that's such an important thing to know, especially when it's like the two of you are in quarantine together. Of course, you're going to like default to the one person who's by you. And on the flip side of that, I mean, that kind of goes into another area that I wanted to chat with you about is I think a lot of us are under so much stress and it's easy to take it out on the person closest to us. So if you're quarantined with the person you're in a relationship with, it's just kind of natural to maybe unleash on them. Absolutely. And you're in close quarters. So I always think about 
living in New York, we are in very small apartments and there's not always a lot of rooms to go to, a lot of spaces to be in. So take a walk. You know, although we are social distancing, you can still take walks. If you have a bicycle, get on your bicycle, go for a bike ride. I mean, I can't tell you how grateful I am that I was able to get my bike serviced before the, the, all of this happened. So now I can just get on my bike. I can ride my bike. It allows me an opportunity to clear my head. And then I feel so much more refreshed. If you live in a space where you have a car and you can drive, take yourself on a drive somewhere and just drive around. Go into, like in California, you might be able to go through the hills. You might be able to drive up PCH and just see the coastal space. Maybe hop out of your car and just look at nature, but get yourself out there so you can kind of decompress. If you live somewhere near the woods, go on a hike, yell, scream, kick rocks. I don't know, but don't (laughs) use your partner as a punching bag. And I mean that verbally because I definitely don't want you to be physically violent with them. But before you get to a verbal, like verbal assault, go outside, journal. Yeah. That was like a a big thing. I mean, I even noticed that like me and my fiance are like, we just never really fight. We're both like, we we just kind of have like a similar style and and that we just were very unconfrontational and we never really fight. But even I could sense like a building up over the over a couple of days, like last week. What well, was kind of the trifecta? I mean, I'm like getting my period in quarantine and like all the stress of everything and you know financial worries and you know people, you know all the all the terrible things were just kind of culminating. And um, I could sense that I was just getting irritated with my fiance for no reason. You know, he's not doing anything. Like he's not responsible for any of this. And I think taking that space, however you can, is so key. Like we started like working, like we're in, we're in a house now. And so we're able to like work on different floors of our house. (laughs) And even that, like just from like nine to five, we're going into our separate offices. I, I just found that that was like really helpful. Like even if you're stuck, like working from home together, like finding your own separate space and like taking like timeouts, you know? Yeah. You need that. You need the timeouts and you need the space to allow yourself an opportunity to miss the other person, um, to allow for this opportunity to just clear your head and have you time. I think we underestimate this you time idea, like really having time with yourself. Uh, And I think now with this quarantine, we're really forced to kind of check in to what that means and what that might look like. Yeah, absolutely. Another another problem that I know a lot of people messaged me about or something that was like affecting their intimacy during this period of time was just having other people. Like we've been talking kind of right now as of like a couple that is living together separately, but a lot of people have other people in their home. You know, some people have families or kids in their house. So I had a lot of questions about how to get around that and keep it sexy when maybe you have like a toddler who wants your attention 24-7. Yeah. So again, really carving out time for yourself after you put the kids to bed. It could be as simple as, you know, iPhone yoga, right? Or YouTube yoga, where you just have something. It could be a book. Like another thing we really have gotten away from in life sometimes is a book. 
and maybe reading a book by yourself after the kids are asleep, before you end up going to bed with your partner. You have to carve out time for yourself and to whoever is in the house with you. You need to set boundaries and let them know from this time to this time, I'm not your mom. I'm Hmm. not your daughter. I'm not your girlfriend. I am me and I need this time to just be able to be me. If you, you know, coloring is something that tends to help, maybe order a couple adult coloring books, find a hobby, find some arts and crafts you can do just to allow yourself something for yourself. Yeah. I think, I think I can just see, you know, I have like my mom friends that I can just see them saying to this, you know, at the end of the day, you know, maybe they do finally carve out a little time for themselves, but they have kids and then they're, by the end of the day, they're exhausted. They're like, I've been, I've been stuck with this kid. I don't have the help that I normally do, or, you know, I didn't get to send my kids to school. I've had to like be with them all day. And at the end of the day, the last thing I think about is like how to be sexy with my partner. Have have you ever seen those types of challenges? And like, are there ways to get around that? I mean, one thing we have to accept is that when you, so like when you're married and you have children and you work, you are already so many things and doing all the things and wearing a lot of hats. So it's important to be kind to yourself, recognize that not every day is going to be perfect. And then again, try to put in place systems that allow you time to not have to do anything. I don't care if your you time is just you laying in the bed. Give yourself 30, 40, an hour of time a day. And I know you're tired. I know you're tired. And that makes a lot of sense. Yet, I want to encourage you to take some time for yourself. Again, if it's a five-minute walk around the block, do that. But just... And turn on your favorite music. You know, maybe put on a throwback Britney Spears album, a throwback NSYNC album, Justin Timberlake, something that takes you back to a time when you didn't have as much responsibility. Maybe you weren't as stressed out. You didn't have just something to take you to a space where you feel carefree. Now, you might say, Michelle, that sounds really, really challenging. I get it. It is challenging. But if you start it and you start to make it a habit, it will work out. It will start to manifest more and more. Yeah. One thing too is I I've I've heard a lot of stuff about like scheduling in time and you know making that a priority. And one thing that I've noticed um, just in my own experience is like sometimes it helps to like not have that shit scheduled. Like sometimes it's just like. You know, someone, you know, you see an opportunity and you jump on it, literally. <laughs> you know, and your partner comes down to make a sandwich in the kitchen and you kind of like sneak up behind them and just like make it, I don't know, a little less regimented and a little bit more fun. Absolutely. And the last thing we want to do is like, yes, while I am recommending that you schedule things, it shouldn't feel like another task on your list that you have to check off, right? Yeah. So give yourself the the flexibility for it to be sex in the kitchen cuz I saw my partner do something real sexy over toast and now <laughs> I'm I'm hot like the bread, right? You you want to be flexible and you want to be able to 
move and be fluid and not set expectations. While yes, it can help by making these things more routine. Also, that flexibility is super important to allow you to just say, oh, well, I'm feeling turned on right now. Let's get to it. Yeah. And just try it out. Maybe the person won't respond, but maybe they will. (laughs) Right. And if they don't respond, but you still feel horny, just go on ahead and masturbate. Yeah. It's okay. Because then maybe they'll finish eating their toast and be like, where did, where did they go? And come in the bedroom and see you masturbating. And now all of a sudden they're ready to go. I love that this is all over toast. <laughs> Just the sexiest food group. Yes. Um, oh, oh, well, you said something. Okay. You said something. You mentioned the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And that kind of brought me to another question because I did get a lot of these questions too. It's like couples that are like, there are overly sexual couples or, or people who have been having like, sex nonstop. Maybe they've done it in every different room in their house. They've tried different things and they're like, how do I keep this up? Like, how do I keep this from getting boring? Cause like you're only in a limited space, you know? I, I mean, I'm always a big, I, I, I love the idea of role play, create characters. For give, us a, give us your favorite character. Cause maybe some people like hear role play and they're like, Oh, I've heard that, but they don't really know how to Explore it. Tap into that. Yeah. Um, You know, first and foremost, and people might laugh at me, but I really hope people are taking notes and journaling. Write a little bit, like with yourself, think of a character that maybe you've seen on a TV show, like maybe your favorite show. What character do you really like? And then if you were that character, start to think about how you might behave. And this could take some time, again, to build up. And then think about how you might come on to your partner as that character. Maybe it's a a doctor nurse role. Maybe it's I'm trying to think of a, maybe you're a cheerleader. Maybe not a doctor nurse in this current yeah, maybe climate. Not. Yeah, good call. Good call. Good call. <laughs> get, that role play could get dark fast. You know, it could get dark. It could, but we don't know. Maybe some people like dark fantasy. Who knows? That's true. That's true. Um, not kind. Not trying to kink shame out there. Not at all. Maybe it's the cable guy. Maybe it's, you know, a happy endings massage in home masseuse. And so after you do your walk, right? Instead of using your key, you ring the doorbell. <laughs> Maybe because I, I love it. Like I know that there's still like some food delivery. At least in New York, you can pick take food out, like take out. And then maybe you're the pizza delivery girl. Maybe you're the food delivery person, right? Maybe you're What's a like an actual one that you like? One I like? I am a big fan of the handy person. Really? Coming to, coming to fix my pipes. <laughs> I, I don't know why. I don't, that sounds crazy, but I'm fine with that. It's cool by me. I also am a fan of the teacher role or the tutor coming yeah, in. Yeah, that's a good if you one. Have, if you have kids, maybe you're the new nanny. Ooh, I like and, that. That's hot. Right, right. Yeah, totally. You're the new nanny and maybe your skirt is a little bit shorter than what it should be to babysit the kid. Maybe mm. you're the au pair who's <laughs> the live-in. I mean, there's, we go a lot of places. We can go a lot of places. I like the, I like the like intern who's like trying to like make their career happen. (laughs) 
<laughs> that partner's like the boss that, you know, just really wants to see some references. You know, they need to get you alone and see your skill set. Yeah. Maybe you're the secretary Love and it. you want a promotion. I also want to encourage, like you talked about it earlier, just kind of spontaneous sex. Maybe your partner is, and this somebody might be like, this is crazy, but maybe your partner's on a work call. Hopefully it's not a Zoom call. It's just like an audio call. And all of a sudden your clothes have fallen off and you're the cleaning lady and you're the maid and you're cleaning up the house naked or in a thong with your breasts out. Put on some heels. By That's the time amazing. that call's over, because the person can't just leave the call. So, and they might seem a little annoyed at first, but you don't have to touch them. You don't have to be like bugging them but just clean in your heels and your panties. And by the time that call is over, you might be having some real hot sex. Yes. And definitely, definitely double check and make sure that's not a Zoom call. Right? <laughs> I just want to em- emphasize that. Yep. Also, I think if you're in a oral sex while your partner's working at their desk can be very hot as well. Mm. Um, and you tell them, I don't want you to stop working. Oh, I like that. I want to hear those. I want to hear you. I want to hear your keystrokes while I stroke your member. <laughs> and so you, they're, they're trying to concentrate on their work. And there you are giving them oral copulation. That yes. can be very hot too. Yeah. That's a good one too, especially if you're not like, tot- I don't know, if you're not like totally feeling up for like, in like sex yourself, but you want to like perform and act on your partner. I think like, you know, this is the time to be generous. Totally, totally, totally. And then also, you know, think about talking with your partner about what their fantasies might be. I really think talking, believe it or not, can really spark some good interaction in the bedroom. And finding ways to play games Have you ever thought of ordering Twister on Amazon, getting a bottle of wine, getting down to your skibbies and playing Twister with your partner on date night (laughs) or try anything Tuesday? Try anything Tuesday. I'm into that idea. And I I want our listeners to embrace that one and, and let us know. Tag us on Instagram and, and let us know your stories. You you brought up you brought up talking fantasies with a partner, and this was just one of these questions that I, I took out from Instagram because I thought this was interesting. And a lot of um, you know some people, and this is this is this is probably relatable to some people listening, but a lot of people are maybe might have been in new relationships when they started this quarantine, and like being in close quarters with somebody new so fast has like brought your like made your relationship speed up, right? So one of the questions I got is, you know, I'm in a semi-new relationship, but quarantining together has made things speed up. How do I introduce some of my fantasies to a newer partner without scaring them away? Yeah, you know, I think it's test the waters. And again, use whatever is around. Porn, literature, books. There's a really good book about BDSM that's old. It's called Venus in Furs. It's not very long. It's like 144 pages, but it's, it's a very small book. You can get the PDF online for free, but it's all about these two lovers and their exploration of BDSM. And if you thought Fifty Shades of Grey was hot, this is on a whole other level of okay. 
I'm going to link that in show notes. I'm going to find the PDF after this conversation and I'm going to link it in show notes. So anybody can just check that out. I think that's, yeah. that's, that's easy. That's free and easy. I love that. This is yeah. kind of a sim- similar on that, on that like questioning is somebody asked how, again, with a, a newer partner, how to give constructive feedback about your sex pr- preferences. So maybe like you need a little bit of help getting them to do what you want in the bedroom. Yeah, I think one thing we do is don't check in after sex, right? And that can be really helpful to guide your partner to the place you want them to be. So for example, after sex, you might say, oh my gosh, that was so amazing. I really liked it when you blah, 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 blah. Was there anything that I did that you really, really liked or maybe even didn't like? So just by offering your partner the opportunity to give you constructive feedback first, Mm. like lowers the tension. And then once they give you some constructive feedback, you could say, oh, okay, I can try it this other way next time. And you know, by the way, I really like it when you nibble on my ear or, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of you licking my ear because it kind of makes me (laughs) remember a wet willy my brother or my cousin or my friend gave to me. So maybe if you could just lick on my neck, right? And it's just about talking about that. And I think it's, again, before and after. So after you have sex, it's called aftercare. And you kind of check in, like, did you like that? Did you, did it feel good? What would you like more of? And then prior to sex, you can use porn to say, oh, wow, that looks really interesting. Would you be open to trying that? Um, (laughs) and, And using that as, and watch porn together. Uh, I I really am hesitant to tell people to watch a lot of porn for the main and simple reason that porn can change the wiring in your brain and it can make it a little bit, um, it it can make sex with a partner because oftentimes what we see in porn is not realistic. So it can make you have unreasonable expectations. But if you two are watching together and you're trying to teach them that you like it when somebody spanks you or maybe you like to be on top and you want to try reverse cowgirl really trying to like say oh that looks like a position i think i could you know maybe can we try that sometime and just give them the, the opportunity to say yes or no it's not like i want to do that right right now however yeah. you watching that together and saying hey could we try that sometime that actually might lead to we ended up doing it right right now <laughs> you just plant those seeds. Just plant yep. those seeds. Yep. I love that. I also, I wanted to, before uh, I lose you, I wanted to also, you know, give some love to our people who, in like in your situation, you mentioned, we've been talking about couples and quarantining together this whole time, but for maybe for people who are quarantining apart or they're, they're long distance or you know, maybe they're even in the same city, but they're stuck. Like somebody works in the hospital and they don't want to be quarantined with your person. Like, how are you going to keep that romance alive? Or maybe even, you know, get, get some heat between you guys when there's that physical distance. So in that case, what I recommend is love letters or love emails. Oh, you know, this is an opportunity for us to make a deeper connection while social distancing through emotion, through a mental connection, through a, a, a way of getting to know them beyond the surface level. 
So writing love notes, sending cute texts. If you are going to sext, if you are going to send sexy pictures, hear me now. Do not send photographs with your face in them or identifiable tattoos. Dude, I'm going to repeat it. Yeah, repeat it a little louder for the people in the back. (laughs) Right. Do not send photographs or videos of yourself with your face or identifiable body parts or tattoos showing. And here is why. Not because I think your lover is a terrible person and is going to put them on the internet. You know, sometimes when we break our phones, we take them to the Apple Care store or we take them back to T-Mobile or maybe we just go to the local spot down the road that can fix the screen for cheaper than mm-hmm. T-Mobile. When you do that, those people have access to every single file in your phone. If they have they cuz you know, I've I've cracked my screen and taken it somewhere. They're like, "Yeah, can you just put the code in for me so I can fix this?" You don't know what they're going to do with those pictures. You that's don't know. That's so true. God, that's and terrifying. It is terrifying, but that's why you don't put your face in any of those pictures. Yeah. Additionally, I have talked with some people about maybe Zoom or Skype sexting, like where you would go live and do like a sex session. But again, remember that those sites can be hacked into mm. and you can screen grab pretty easily. So mm. I would then again say, wear a mask or make sure your face is not in the picture or the video, or even if you're Zooming, make sure you can't tell that it's you. Because God forbid something happened between you and your partner, and the next thing you know, there's revenge porn out there, and you clapping, your booty clapping it up, and your mom is... Actually, let me tell you a story. So this happened to me. Oh my God, Um, no. yeah, many, many, My many years ago, many years ago, I had a phone and I had some illicit, uh, illicit photographs of myself in the phone. Now, it wasn't like my face wasn't in the pictures, but I had lost the phone. And this is before it was like face res- recognition and all these extra security measures, right? Mm-hmm. And I got a new phone. And within 24 hours, my mom called me and said, why am I looking at your labia right now? So somebody had found the phone and had sent those images out to people in my phone, fu- like people what the in fuck? my fuck. Yeah, I'm telling you, people are crazy. Now, again, let me re- 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 let me say it was a flip phone. So that should tell you how long ago it was. <laughs> but but still, for those listening who don't know what a flip phone is, no I'm kidding. Right. <laughs> like, so it was a while ago, but still things happen. And you just have to be aware that things can happen. Dude, that's, that is terrifying. What about, what about FaceTime sex? I feel like, is that clear? Because, you know, it's, as long as your partner isn't taking screenshots, I feel like I, I would be scared to do it on Skype, like on a, on a third party website. But FaceTime, I feel like would be a little bit safer. No? Um, so granted, that is true. However, you during FaceTimes, you can still screen grab. Yeah. Like you can do this screen recording. So it's really up to you. Oh, that's I, true. You can do the recordings now. That's, yeah. that's it's risky. It is. It definitely is. It's, it's, there's definitely a risk there. 
But it's up to you how you want to, how, how these things manifest and you have to do what's comfortable for you. But just know, I always say, anytime you put a photo of yourself on your phone um, and you, and it uploads to the cloud, mm. like that stuff can be hacked into as well. Yeah. So important. So important. How about um? How about for our single people out there? Finally, like, well, I just want to get make sure that our people who might be feeling really lonely or sexually frustrated because they're by themselves, like, how can we help them? You know, practice some some self love. Well, obviously, masturbation is always <laughs> always great. I I think that masturbation is good, and then also, just because you can't go and meet somebody that you just swiped right on. It doesn't mean you can't have a conversation and start to foster an actual connection with someone that's not rooted in just hooking up. Yeah. This is actually probably a great... I feel like this is a great time for online dating. I think so too. I think that my hope, my hope is that people will start to reconsider the fast hookup and start to try to tap in to getting to know somebody. You have so many things to talk about. Shoot, talking about your anxiety about COVID to a stranger is amazing because you don't yeah. really ever have to meet them. Yeah, or even right. like what shows you're watching. Like, there's so many, there's so many things. Yeah, you could talk about television shows. You could talk about what are you binge watching on Netflix, or you know, and then you could even be like, hey. You want to set up a date night where we binge watch and then we'll call each other and talk about what we felt in the episode. That That's could be cute. a cool activity. Uh, what it, you know, we're going to have date night via FaceTime. And then it's like, well, what did you get to eat? What did you bring to the party to drink? So all of these kinds of things can really enhance and allow you an opportunity to like start getting to know people in a way that creates deeper connections. So you have an opportunity to find real love once you come out of this. Yeah, I love that. I saw something online where this guy, this guy basically ordered food to the girl's apartment. And like, then they had like a FaceTime date where they both ate their meals like on FaceTime. And I was like, that is so sweet. You know? I love that. <laughs> Isn't that sweet? I, that is amazing. And what a creative way to show chivalry in the time of COVID-19. Yes. Maybe this whole thing is going to bring chivalry back. Like you said, maybe it, it is time to rethink the like super casual hookup. Yeah. I mean, it's we've had a good run with it. <laughs> we've had we've a had great wild run. time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but now maybe it's maybe it's not. Hey, I swiped right 20 minutes ago. You want to meet at the bar for some cocktails? So true. Yeah, and there's a lot of opportunity to like really make real connections. Yeah, I like that. I like leaving this off on like a positive, hopeful note and that there is probably some good things coming out of this, even though it might not seem like it right now. Absolutely, absolutely. Michelle, thank you so much for answering all of our questions. If people want to find more from you, where can they, where can they get you? You know, they can find me at mhsexpert on all social media platforms. You can DM me, send me some questions, let me know what's going on with you. I definitely have been trying to hop on um, Instagram Live a lot more. And you know, we should do one. We should yes. just hang out. 
Yeah. So we're going to plan something around this episode. Um, and I'm I'm just so happy we could get you on today. And if anybody's listening, you can also check out Michelle on a previous episode. You were actually on our season one. I still get messages about the episode you were on. You were so awesome then too. So I'll link both of those in show notes. I'll link all, all Michelle's info so you can get in touch with both of us. But thank you guys for listening. And thank you, Michelle, for being on. Absolutely. I really appreciate you. All right, guys, that is a wrap on our episode this week. I hope that gave you a nice break from Corona coverage and maybe gave you a couple ideas to try tonight. I mean, it is Try It Tuesday after all. I want to give a huge shout out to our guest this week, Michelle Hope. If you want more from Michelle, I'm linking all her stuff in show notes so you can follow her, send her some love. If you liked this episode, please take a moment and take a little screenshot, share it on social. Make sure to tag me at Big Kid Problems and I will repost you. And of course, I want to encourage you to subscribe and leave a little review if you can. If you actually leave a review and send me a screenshot on Instagram, I will be picking two reviewers every week and sending you a little Big Kid Problem care package. So get on it. As always, I want to give you a big thank you for tuning in and listening to this show. There are lots of podcasts out there. And just know I'm really genuinely honored that you choose to spend your hour with me. Stay safe, stay sane, get busy, and I will see you next time.